Chapter number thirteen of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stratton. Chapter thirteen. The Old Mine Shaft. Black Bess began to visit the Cinder Hill cabin very often. There was a fatal mistake which poor stephen in his simplicity and single-heartedness was a long time in discovering martha herself had not truly set out on the path of obedience to god's commandments and it was not possible that she could teach bess how to keep them a christian cannot be like a finger-post which only points the way to a place but never goes there itself she could teach bess the words of the hymn and the tunes that they were sung too but she could tell her nothing of the feeling and of praise and love to the Saviour with which Stephen sang them, and out of which all true obedience must flow. With her lips she could say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. But she cared for none of these things, and felt none of their blessedness in her own soul, and Bess very quickly found out that she would far rather talk about other matters and because our hearts which are foolish and deceitful above all things and desperately wicked soon grow weary of good but are ever ready to delight in evil it came to pass that instead of martha teaching poor ignorant bess how to do god's will bess was leading her into all sorts of folly and wickedness it would be no very easy task to describe how unhappy stephen was when from day to day he saw martha's pleasant sisterly ways change into a rude and careless harshness and her thrifty cleanly habits give place to the dirty extravagance of the collier folk at botfield but who could tell how he suffered in his warm tender-hearted nature when he came home at night and found the poor old grandfather neglected and left desolate in his blindness and little nan herself severely punished by martha's unkindness and quick temper not that martha became bad suddenly or was always unkind and neglectful there were times when she was her old self again when she would listen patiently enough to stephen's remonstrances and miss and miss anne's gentle teaching but yet stephen could never feel sure when he was at his dismal toil underground that all things were going on right in his home overhead often and often as he looked up to fern's hollow where the new red brick house was now to be seen plainly like a city set on a hill he longed to be back again and counted the months and weeks until the spring should bring home the good clergyman to Dainsford. One day, during the time allowed to the pit girls for eating their dinner, Bess came running over the cinder hills in breathless haste to the old cabin. Martha had been busy all the morning, and was still standing at the washing tub, but she was glad of an excuse for resting herself, and when Bess sprang over the door sill, she received her very cordially. "'Martha, Martha!' cried Bess. "'Come away quickly!' here's andrew the packman in the lane with such shawls martha blue and red and yellow and green only five shillings apiece and thee canst pay him a shilling a week come along and be sharp with thee i've got no money to spend said martha sullenly stephen ought to let grandfather go into the house and then we wouldn't be so pinched what with buying for him and little nan i've hardly a brass farthing in the world for myself i'd not pinch bess answered let stephen pinch if he will 
why all the lads in botfeld are making a mock at thee calling thee an old-fashioned piece and granny fern but come and look anyhow andrew will be gone directly bess dragged martha by the arm to the top of the cinder hill where they could see the pit girls clustering round the packman in the lane the black linen wrapper in which his pack was carried was stretched along the hedge and upon it was spread a great show of bright-coloured shawls and dresses and the girls were flitting from one to another closely examining their quality while andrews's wife walked up and down exhibiting each shawl by turns upon her shoulders the temptation was too strong for martha she wiped the soap suds from her arms upon her apron and ran as eagerly down to the lane as black bess herself eh here's a clean tight lass for you cried andrew comparing martha with the begrimed pit girls about him the best shawl in my pack isn't good enough for you my dear pick and choose just make your own choice and i'll accommodate you about the price i've got no money said martha oh you and me'll not quarrel about money replied andrew you make your choice and i'll wait your time i'm coming my rounds pretty regular and you can put up a shilling or two again i come without letting on to father but maybe you're married my dear no she answered blushing it's not far off i'll be bound he continued and with a shawl like this now you'd look like a full-blown rose come i'll not be hard upon you as it's the first time you've dealt with me the shawl's worth ten shillings if it's worth a farthing and i'll let you have it for seven shillings and sixpence half a crown down and a shilling a fortnight till it's paid up andrew threw the shawl over her shoulders and turned her round to the envying view of the assembled girls who were not allowed to touch any of his goods with their soiled hands martha softly stroked the bright blue border and felt its texture between her fingers while she deliberated within herself whether she could not buy it from the fund procured by the bilberry picking in the autumn as stephen had never known the full amount she could withdraw the half-crown without his knowledge and the sixpence a week she could save out of her own earnings in ten minutes while andrew was bargaining with some of the others she came to the conclusion that she could not possibly do any longer without a new shawl so telling the packman that she would be back again directly she ran as swiftly as she could over the cinder hills homewards in her hurry to accompany best to the lane she had left her cabin door unfastened never thinking of the danger of the open pit to her blind grandfather and the child little nan had been wearying all morning for a run in the wintry sunshine out of the close steam of washing in the small hut but martha had not dared to let her run about alone as she had been used to do at ferns hollow in their safe garden after martha and black bess had left her the child stood looking wistfully through the open door for some time but at last she ventured over the door-sill and her tiny feet painfully climbed the frozen bank behind the house whence she could see the group of girls in the lane below perhaps she would have found her way down to them but martha had been cross with her all the morning and the child's little spirit was frightened with her scolding she turned back to the cabin sobbing for the north wind blew coldly upon her and then she must have caught sight of the shaft where stephen had been throwing stones down for her the night before without a thought of the little one trying to pursue the dangerous game alone as martha came over the cinder hill her eyes fell upon little nan rosy laughing screaming with delight as her tiny hands lifted a large stone high above her curly head 
while she bent over the unguarded margin of the pit but before martha could move in her agony of terror the heavy stone dropped from her small fingers and nan little nan with her rosy laughing face had fallen after it martha never forgot that moment as if with a sudden awaking of memory there flashed across her mind all the child's simple winning ways she seemed to see her dying mother again laying the helpless baby in her arms and bidding her to be a mother to it she heard her father's last charge to take care of little nan when he was also passing away her own wicked carelessness and neglect stephen's terrible sorrow if little nan should be dead all the woeful consequences of her fault were stamped upon her heart with a sudden and very bitter stroke those who were watching her from the lane saw her stand as if transfixed for a moment and then a piercing scream which made every one within hearing start with terror rang through the frosty air as martha sprang forward to the mouth of the old pit and peering down its dark and narrow depths could just discern a little white figure lying motionless at the bottom of the shaft End of chapter 13